0: Welcome to another Sermon Extra. We're in September now and uh, starting a new sermon series, Joining Jesus on His Mission. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Pause. Whose turn is it? I don't know. It's Tuesday, Monday right now. It's Tuesday, Monday.
1: I'll go. Okay. Yeah, no, we're super excited. So uh, we've been planning this series for a while. Um, We've offered some of the studies on our Wednesday nights, Um, I've heard Greg, he is author and pastor, uh, LCMS pastor, but he's been living this out, uh, he and his wife, his family, for a number of years, and just even left the parish ministry just to really invest in training others and to just invest on living this out. It's that whole, you know... If I'm going to teach this, then maybe I should be living this right. too. Mm-hmm. And great guy. Um, he's going to be joining us here at Messiah on September 16th, on Saturday. He'll be here in the morning, and this is open to any and everyone. Um, we'll take care of providing childcare too. There's no cost to it. Um, we just need to reach out, and you can reach out to, to me. Um, that's probably the best way right now. Uh, Dustin.lappy at messiah.us. And with that then, from 8.30 to 11.30 on Saturday morning, uh, he's gonna be leading uh, a training, just what does this look like in a very practical ways, sharing from his life experience, uh, to join Jesus on his mission in the everyday places of life. And then with that, he and his wife have written a brand new book, um, how to join Jesus on his mission as a family and how to raise children, uh, kids, raise our kids as followers of Jesus. And so he's always gonna also gonna talk to that a little bit too, which I'm excited uh about. And then on Sunday, he'll be preaching at all three three of our services. Great. So Pastor John had an opportunity to, you know, kick things off mm-hmm. this Sunday. I thought you did a great job with that. Thank you. And then this next Sunday I'll have an opportunity to speak a little bit more into that. I think even from the the practical way, we have a story. Scott, you've helped to kinda shape that story together this is the story which we're really excited to get that out in front of the congregation too Mm -hmm. and um, and then the following is to have Greg and then we have a few more weeks going through it but I really think this is going to be and you touched on this Pastor John um Impactful to how we're living out our our, yeah. our mission here yeah. Yeah. at Messiah.
2: Well, I you know, and I, I appreciate that, and and I again appreciate your comments and to be able to start this sermon series off. And I know that a lot of people like us to go through books of the Bible, and and I and we really love doing that, and we will do that. In fact, after this study, I think we're getting into Ruth. Yes, and uh, so we'll, we will have a book study. But this one has, an, and that's why I was trying to say at the beginning of the message, I didn't wanna be facetious or exaggerated, that this really does have the potential to impact the kingdom of God in such a dramatic way. And it kind of occurred to me after the message, and I think when I was praying at the end of the message, that you know, some people are thinking, okay, great, but I still don't know what you're talking about. It's like, just be patient. And the zero entry pool, Let's unpack this over these next, well, now seven weeks ahead of us to just what are some of those practical things? How can we do this in a way that doesn't layer on more busyness, doesn't, it isn't intimidating or, or, you know, fearful, those kinds of things. So I think we have the potential to see real kingdom growth. If we can get even just a few and then kind of, you know, broadening that out, getting more and more people. And, And really, you know, what I wanted to touch on in the message, and I said there was those two main kind of um, uh, big whys. This is so important. One is the U.S. is one of the largest mission fields in the the world now. And the numbers are just, if you go online and you get into Pew Research Center or I think Gallup does some of this, there's a couple of different places that are, are gauging these things. The percentage of... Uh, adults and, and they're for kids that are claiming to be Christian. Now those are people who claim it. That doesn't mean uh, claiming to be Christian may mean I go to church once a year and it's way on the back of my mind. If I claim to be Christian, and so those numbers are just drastically dropping. And so it is an opportunity for us to do something very proactive, uh, get out into our communities, And, you know, and I know the church has had programs over the years. I mean, what was it called, Um, gosh, years ago? Was it the, I can't think of the name of it, the Kennedy model or something like that? If You you go knock on a door and you're like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Mm -hmm. You know, and these cold calls and things like that, that just in our world today is not... You know, it's like that would be like spam in a sense. I mean, you know, or or junk mail people. No, thank you. And they close the door because there's no relationship. And what I love and I've heard Greg, uh, Pastor Finke, talk going all the way back to when I was in PLI back in 05 and he was at uh, um, Carmel, Indiana. And really just his simplicity. But it's a new paradigm but in the message, it was just one little sentence I said, but a very old paradigm, because this is Jesus paradigm. Yeah. This, is, this is how he did things. So, uh, you know, us living in a post-Christian culture, so we have the, the idea that, that the U.S. is the largest, um, one of the largest uh, mission fields, and then a post-Christian culture, and, and again, looking at those staggering numbers or decreasing numbers of people who claim to be Christian, you know, there's an opportunity here um, to have an impact on adults, have an impact on our children and on our grandchildren or whoever else, you know, as we look at these generations coming up behind us. it's This is really simple but profound. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, when you shared the
1: statistics, it made me think of the other statistics we've talked about before too, and that's from those who said they were active in their worship on a Sunday morning and uh, how two thirds, right? Said they were not in God's word outside of Sunday morning. Right. And that's what led us to saying, let's be a three thirds right. church where all ages are in God's word every day. As we always say, not because we have to, mm-hmm. uh, but because we get to. And that's where I think is, you know, you mentioned, being in books of the Bible and, and we love doing that, and we will do that. But no matter what book of the Bible we're studying, it's not just meant to study it; it's meant to that we're living this out. Bring it and alive. that's what I love about this series: is yep. it's teaching us as we're in God's Word, mm-hmm. how are we then living it out in the everyday places? How are we joining Jesus where He's already
2: yep. at work? Yeah, and and maybe I didn't finish my thought there. Was I said we love to be in books of the Bible, and what I was getting at, maybe I didn't finish it was. Being joining Jesus on His mission, we're going to be in Scripture. Yeah, it's not going to be studying right. a book. Right, it's going to be looking at Scripture from a lot of different viewpoints. And you know, the thing that really just uh, I think I'm excited about is we've talked about this countless times that we have, uh, and I don't know what the correct term: epidemic, pandemic, whatever it is of hopelessness. It's just in our nation. It's in our communities, nations. It's in the world. And so let's let's assume, or let's pretend that hopelessness is a, is a sickness, like a biological type of sickness. If you have the medication for it, if you have the cure for it, why wouldn't you take it? And so the world is lost in hopelessness, and we, the body of Christ, we have the cure. And the only cure, and I said this yesterday, or two days ago, was Jesus, or is Jesus. And so To me, it just makes sense if people are sick and tired of being sick and tired, being hopeless, lonely, um, looking for meaning, purpose, and hope in their lives, et cetera. We as the body of Christ have an ability and opportunity and a privilege to share what that means by first showing what it means to us and then winning the opportunity to share it with others. So what I'm excited about in this series is we're gonna unpack it a little bit at a time, give people practical ways to implement this. And then I, I do pray that people will come to hear Pastor Finke on that Saturday because it'll be kind of that workshop. Hey, here's some, you know, very easy step-by-step things if you'd like to. I mean, yeah. it's not, again, not a program, a 10-step program, but here's some things you could implement in your life. I, I think it's, it has the potential to have a great impact. Yep.
1: Yep. Were you going to say something? Nope. Scott?
2: No? Okay. I'm, you just have that look like i were...
0: I'm very <laughs> ab- interested. I'm very curious <laughs> where, yeah, where this is going and, and, and that... Uh, yeah, just that it's not a, it's going to give you th- things to change in your own life right. first, right. which has got to start.
2: Right. Well, I think that was the whole thing of a missional mindset is, you know, and, and I, I said this on Sunday, it doesn't require us to do, you know, stand on a street corner with a bullhorn, things like that. This requires an adopting of a missional mindset. And so if I'm living my everyday life at home, in my neighborhood, and in my workplace, and I'm I'm loving people well. I guess sometimes we have to assume that people are doing a good job of being good neighbors and stuff. But what if you just took that to the next level and you said, "I'm, I'm going to look for not force it, but look for opportunities to share what my faith means to me." Um, God will provide those opportunities. That's His. He's doing the heavy lifting. If we're just in conversations, inviting neighbors over, having conversations over the fence, whatever it might be that if we're just available, you know, it's like our kids. When you you want those deep conversations with your kids, you can't force it. You just need to have a lot of conversations with your kids, and then the deep ones will kind of come up on their own kind of organically. If you're not having lots of them, you're going to miss the opportunity to have some deep ones. Well, I would say it's the same way with our neighbors and our coworkers. Have lots of conversations, be friendly, be open, share life with them, and then God's going to bubble to the surface the kinds of conversations where it will seem natural to then say, "Well, can I pray for you? Can I, you know? Do you know that Jesus loves you? You know, it, it won't be forced." And, and like I said, we're not trying to engage in relationships in order to beat people over the head with a Bible. It, we're we're engaging them because they're worth loving, and they're people. Now, out of those relationships, can we find those moments uh, to share Christ? One of the things that was impactful
1: in the message on Sunday, and I had heard that example before about the river moving, Mm -hmm. but it's a whole other thing when you see the picture (laughs) of it and and to just see like you have this perfectly built bridge, but it's like it seems so out of place because it's not doing anything. The river has literally Moved. moved, but to make the point that there wasn't anything. The problem wasn't in the building of the bridge. When it was right. built, it was built well. It was built in the right place. It had the function, but it's not working as it was intended because the whole right. river has moved. And the same thing with the church. It's not the problem that we've built the wrong churches in the wrong right. places. It's just the river, the culture, the people. It's it's moved, and so if we're expecting, as was maybe the case in the past, even in our you know culture in our nation, where you would just, people would come, Mm -hmm. right? Build it, you come, you talked about that, fill the dreams. It just does not work
2: that way anymore. The terms we've used, and I didn't use this on Sunday, uh, well, not the whole thing, attractional. The church used to be attractional if you build it, Big, you know, the field of dreams almost. People that We had seeker services. Do you remember that? There were a time where churches had seeker services. They were seeker-friendly. If somebody was looking for a church, looking for Jesus, they could come and hear a clear gospel presentation. Well, that was all well and good if people were out there looking. Um, And now instead of being attractional, churches need to be incarnational. And what that means is to be Jesus into the community, not waiting for people to come to us. But us going to them, and uh, another word for m- incarnation will be missional. You know, yeah, that's that same concept. So, you know, it is a it's a it's a very um, easy illustration to remember. The river mo- moving, the Choloteca River, but it's a sad commentary, and and it is the way that Jesus said it was going to happen in Matthew twenty four, as he said, the hearts of many will grow cold. There's going to be a movement. And the road to destruction will be wide, and many people will be on it. The road to heaven will be narrow, and few will be on it. And that doesn't mean we're okay with that, but it means that the mission field is ripe and the harvest field is ripe, and we need to be out in it. And so I just think it's going to be great. Um, I love those words from Acts 26, King Agrippa, you know, as Paul's talking to him, open their eyes. We need to open people's eyes, turn them from darkness to light. I had a lot of people are like, "Oh, that was fun learning sign language," and I didn't expect to get such a chuckle at nine thirty service. Everybody's like, "What you expect us to do that yeah, now?" Wait, and I'm like, "I'm like, follow me, follow me, follow people me, follow so me." People were into it; though, they they so. really got into it. It was it was great. So um, it, it's just a different way to let yeah. God's Word words.
1: Even in our mind. youngest, Lincoln, he's like, "Wow, Pasha John is really good at sign language." <laughs> <so."> <laughs>
2: They, uh, I, I call it hearing sign. Yeah. Since nobody's deaf there, I could I could sign anything, and everybody would <laughs> be right, like, "Oh, that is right. so cool!" Like, oh. But no, it's uh, anyway. But um, so, what are you going to do this next well, week? Well, you touched on it.
1: It's incarnational. That's okay. that's the main theme. And so, looking at John one, uh, when the Word became flesh, made His dwelling, His home, His living among us, and as a result, we've seen the glory of God, we've seen His grace, we've seen His truth. And then Jesus is inviting us to join him, to follow him in living these things out then. And what I kind of uh, latched on to a little bit, you know, in the question you had presented at Pastor John, I know Pastor Finke does in the book a few times too, is how is Jesus messing with you Um, as Larry Elias has been leading Uh, the study on our Wednesday nights, um, he's asked that question. And again, it's not like messing with you, as you said, in a bad way, in a mean way. Um, But just like, you know, he's up to something. And as I thought about that in the sense of incarnational, I'm like, well, what Jesus is doing is he's entering into our mess with us. How is he messing with us? He's coming into the mess with us and then kind of tapping us like, hey, I don't want to leave you here follow me and join me in this and, and welcome us into this whole other life that we get to experience then with him. And, uh, and again, I don't want to give it away, but, um, I'm just so excited about this story that mm-hmm. we're sharing. So <laughs> yeah, no spoilers, um, Scott yes. helped put that together. And, uh, it just is this, like, I watched it. I've so I've seen it and it's like, well, I can preach the message on it or, You can listen to, this is what it looks like. This is where it's really being lived out. So it's
2: really cool. It's your Choloteca bridge picture. It is. It's it's the one that people remember. It's like, ah, there we go. It makes sense. No, I'm excited for it too, because one of the beautiful things is, I believe, in our Messiah family. There are not just this story, but there are many stories of people living Jesus' mission. Um, I think we just need to kind of hone it mold it shape it a little bit because people are like oh i'm kind of already doing that i had yeah. a conversation with one of our members right after mm-hmm. the service yesterday and she was kind of like i don't know if i'm doing this right and she told me her story and i'm like keep doing that yeah, yeah. that's that's that. what you need to do and so i think people will both be pleasantly surprised oh okay this this is not complicated i can do this and some people will be challenged i need to be a better neighbor. I need to be a better coworker, a better you know student in a classroom. I need to be more intentional. So I think it's going to have something for everybody. But again, I want people to understand we're not trying to push you into the deep end and say, swim. We want to help you look at what this is because I think it will be very refreshing for everybody.
1: Yeah. I should have mentioned earlier, I didn't, uh, the book that we keep referring to, Joining Jesus on His Mission, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. <laughs> Um, No one has to purchase that.
2: I recommend they do, though.
1: But yeah, but um, (laughs) uh, if at all possible, it is really good, and uh, you can purchase it on your own if you prefer to do more of the download version of it on your iPad. But we have copies here at Messiah at a reduced cost, ten dollars. Um. And so that's the easiest way to, and probably the cheapest way to pick it up. And
0: you set up a box at the Welcome Center, too, just an honor box. So if you've got got, uh, a $10 bill or you can even yeah send $10 Venmo to the Messiah Venmo account and just say it's for the book and, and just grab one.
2: And just as we bring it to a close today, my encouragement for people would be also do this in a smaller group Bible study. Even if you're not in, quote, a small group, Mm -hmm. invite some friends, um, some other Christian friends, because you're wanting to dig deeper into what this means. But gather in your homes. We're doing it as a small group right now, the one that I'm in. And I think it just allows you to have good, open, honest conversations around this and share ideas and those kinds of things. So I would encourage maybe a huddle, get two or three people together, get a couple of families together, um, dig deeper on your own as you as you learn this. I think it's just fantastic.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things we're really hoping that will grow out of this is uh, to just kind of breathe life back into our small yes. groups here at Messiah. And there is more behind-the-scenes work being done on that and more to come in the weeks, letting people know. But I'm glad you shared that because yeah. that's one of our hopes. Yep. Amen.
0: Great. And this Wednesday is the first actual class period of the new uh, joining Jesus on his mission,
1: uh, Wednesday night Bible study. So, and if not that there are so many good studies being offered on a Wednesday night. So definitely check that out. (laughs) One of our
2: new members came up to me after service and he's like, what do I do if there's two studies that I want to go to on Wednesday (laughs) nights? And I'm like, I said, I'm, I'm right with you on that. I said, we'll be repeating them. I said, pick your favorite. And, but I, I love that question. What if I have two, instead of trying to force someone to get there in the first place, they're like, there's more than one study that really interests me. So oh, that was cool. I, have, I,
0: I talked to somebody too, and, and uh, she was saying, well, my husband and I were going to do the marriage one, but then he saw the wild at heart, and he really wants to do that one too. And so, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great that people uh, have that desire.
2: Yes, love it.
0: Super. Well, we'll be back next Monday, actual Monday, okay. not a Monday, Tuesday, and, uh, and we'll talk more about that video and your message.
1: Sounds good.
2: Thanks for joining me this morning. Awesome. Thank you, Scott.